Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Touchline Thoughts. That's right, this is episode number two. We are powered by the Garage Door Sports Network. Today, we're going to conclude our EPL thoughts and update you on some more storylines from this week. I'm your host, Arfan Manji. Grab your soccer ball and let's get going. My guest today was the play-by-play voice for Western Mustangs football, and he is the owner of the Garage Door Sports Network. He's also a huge Manchester United and Liverpool fan. Yeah, that's what I said. Same thing. I'm joined again by my good buddy, Nick McFicker. What's going on, man? Not much, bud. Yeah, and uh, I am a Man U and Liverpool fan. That's what happens when you have no one in your family who watches soccer before you start liking soccer. You just enjoy good teams. I agree. That's how you fall in love with the teams that you want. All right. So let's continue the starting segment. Today's segment continues our conversation from last episode. We got through about 10 teams, and I think we should finish them off. So, Nick? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. So why don't we start them off? We'll start our viewers off with Wolverhampton Wolves. Wolves! One of my, like dark horse favorite teams every year just because they play so well together uh one of the best coach teams in the league not necessarily best play just best players but best coach teams and they are the giant killers like that is the best way to describe wolves and they're gonna be that again this year i don't doubt anything in my mind they manage to beat the top six teams all the time do i think they're gonna be a top six team probably not but the additions of I'm sorry, I'm totally blanking on the kid's name. Gibbs White. Thank you, Gibbs White. Uh, he'll be he'll be a big addition if he can, you know, get into the roster. And they're going to be just like Wolves is every year. They're going to probably finish somewhere between fifth and eighth. You know what, I, I agree. It's hard to disagree with a team that's able to beat the top six, quote-unquote top six, that's, you know, consistent with it. They they don't lose many games, and when they do, you don't feel like they should have lost that game. They're always constantly in a game. Um, I think losing Dougherty was underrated, in my opinion, especially with that system that they had. Um, they need a little bit more help for Jimenez up front. But other than that, if this Wolves team continues to play like a unit and force of a unit, I, I don't see them really struggling in the EPL in a, in a division. I think they're they're safe. Yeah, um, they did. They did add Fabio Silva up front from um, Porto, so that that could be a huge yeah, add. That's true. Uh, do you think that Wolves needs to add, you know, maybe a right back to replace Dougherty? Do you think they need some sort of hard-nosed uh, ball-winning midfielder? Like, what are you looking at for them to add? If you're, you know, Nuno. Um, I mean, they kind of already did add another wing back in Marsal. Um depending on how they want to play their left-back situation, they might be able to switch uh, Vinagre over or even Johnny Otto. And Marcel could probably play on the right if needed. Um, I think adding midfield is probably the biggest thing. Like, don't forget, this team had Bruno Fernandes at one point last year and lost him. Mm -hmm. Like, let's not forget, that's a huge loss. 
Um, João Moutinho is good, but he's 34. How long is he going to be able to stay healthy? Uh, Ruben Neves is obviously their stalwart in the midfield, but they need more. And mm-hmm. they need probably an attacking mid to play off of Neves, but they just don't have that right now. No, and I think even if they hit the market, I don't think they can go ahead and afford somebody for $40 million or $50 million or $60 million for the time being. It, it doesn't seem something that Wolves is going to do. It's not in their DNA. They're going to look for deals. And they're going to look for smart deals. And, you know, you mentioned Gibbs White there. You mentioned Fabio Silva. For all we know, these guys could be steals. And and the way that Wolves play, they develop some steals there. You don't expect Jimenez to be as great as he was when Wolves started. But, you know, you look at him as a fantastic target man now. So, again, this team, like you said, will finish in, in the top 10 there. Um, it's just a matter of how long their depth can take them through the next round. Yeah, and we should, we should clear up that um, he left Swansea to come to Wolves, but I'm not sure. I th- he's actually back at Swansea on loan. Okay. So he is actually not... Gibbs White is actually not with the squad. Not with the squad. Okay. So So. there you hear that from Nick there. He might not be there. He's not there. That's fine. Speaking of a team that, you know, needs to bulk up a little bit or sort of bulked up, um, Newcastle. They went ahead and picked up a striker that's not named Andy Carroll. And they picked up Ryan. Um, I'm expecting a decent year for Newcastle. They surprised me last year. I thought without... Um, Rafa Benitez, the team's going to struggle, but they were fine. They played well. I wasn't bored. I mean, the boringest team to me goes to Crystal Palace, not Newcastle, even with um, Steve Bruce as their coach. Um, you know, like I'm expecting that decent year. Where do you think Newcastle finishes? I see them being like a top of the bottom half. So like in the 11 to 14 sort of range. I don't think they'll break that top 10 just yet, but I do like their additions. Um, and more specifically, I really like the addition of Callum Wilson from Bournemouth. I think the kid can score. And, well, I shouldn't say kid. He's 28. Um, I think he can score, and I think he has the the potential to be a very good piece for this Newcastle team. Uh, the other big piece they added was Jamal Lewis from Norwich. And I shouldn't say, like, I say big because he's one of the only two that they got and they actually had to pay for. The other ones were all free transfers. Um, But Lewis was a good left back for Norwich last year in the EPL. Obviously, they dropped down. So now he's going to get a chance to stay in the EPL with Newcastle. And he's going to probably get a chance to play. Like, I I don't doubt that in my mind. Um, So to add him is, is big. I completely agree there. Now let's let's move on to a team that might not have top half aspirations, a team that struggled last year. I'm talking about Aston Villa. What happens with Aston Villa this year? They weren't great down the stretch. They had spart, uh, parts of the season where they, where they looked okay, but they weren't going to blow you away. Aside from that 5-0 drubbing of the Liverpool under-23 team, they didn't look comfortable winning games. What happens to them this year? Yeah. Um, Villa, Villa survived last year. That's the best thing that I can say about Villa. Actually, that's not true. The best thing I can say about Villa is Grillish. That's the best thing I can say about Villa. Outside of him, they're not good. 
and they didn't make any big moves, and that could be a problem. Like, Ollie Watkins, they added, he's 24, and he played last year for Brentford in the championship. Okay, maybe he could make the jump up to the EPL and be a good piece. That's a big maybe. I just don't see anything from this squad that says, yeah, we're going to win more games this year. I just see them being the same in that like 16 to 19 range and just not good. No, and that's hard to argue with. They didn't do anything to bolster up defense, first of all. You want to stay alive? Let's get a better defensive core out there. Um, Grealish can't really do everything for you. So how are you supporting him? Watkins is a good ad, but Watkins played really well with Said Barami last year at Brentford, but he doesn't have him anymore to work a partnership. Is he and Are Grealish and Watkins good enough to, to play a one-two with each other? I don't know. I really think they're going to be a bottom, bottom team, a relegation battle team. They're just not good enough, in my opinion. For... For a team that, you know, is going to hope to win a championship over the next couple of years or a team that wants the top four finish to continue, let's move on to Manchester United, who are, have those exact same aspirations. United, who went out and got Bruno Fernandes, um, and now Pogba wants to stay for the Red Devils. So now you're going to get a full season of Bruno and Pogba. Um, they lost, and, and Angel... Gomes and held Gomes last year. Uh, is David De Gea going to be better? I know there's a lot of questions being thrown at you here, Nick, but where does Manchester United finish? Are they good enough to be a top four team? Is David De Gea going to be good enough? Is the partnership of Pogba and Bruno going to be good? Okay, I'm going to try to answer all of those questions. Um, let's start with De Gea. I do think De Gea is going to be better. And the reason that I think De Gea is going to be better is because he has an legit backup that's going to push him for starts in Dean Henderson. Now, do I think Dean Henderson is ready to be the number one keeper at United? Probably not. Do I think he's close? Absolutely. And that's why I think having him behind De Gea is going to push De Gea a little bit more. Unfortunately, that means longtime backup Sergio Romero is probably on the outs with the squad. I hate saying that because I do like having him, but he's he's the third keeper right now. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Um, in the back line, if they can get a healthy season out of Harry Maguire, Victor Lindelof, and hell, if they keep him, Chris Smalling, they could be okay in the back. Um, Luke Shaw is a very, very good left back. I don't think anyone's arguing that. I know that they've been rumored to be linked to... Um, some left backs across Europe. Mm-hmm. But that's in order to push Shaw and give him breaks in cup competitions and stuff like that, which is smart. I, I'm I'm totally okay with that. I don't think Brandon Williams is ready to be that number two just yet. He's only 20 years old. Like, give the kid a break. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the right side, you have Juan Bissaka, who is just fine. Like, I have no problems with Juan Bissaka. You can throw him out as many games as you want. And then when you don't, you got Diego Dallo and you got Timothy Fosumensa. The defense for me... As long as they stay healthy at the center back position, they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You get into that midfield where you asked me a lot of questions about the midfield. You forgot one player and one very key player in this equation now is the new addition, Donnie Van de Beek. Okay. And Van de Beek, Pogba, and Fernandez 
create a very, very interesting dynamic, if you ask me, when it comes to how they want to play this midfield. Whether or not he wants to go with a true one defensive mid with two center mid formation, which they've used over the last few years, or if he's going to go into a modified uh, two center mid with one attacking mid formation, which is what Bruno Fernandez is more used to, that could be an interesting tell of how good this team's going to be. I think they should drop to the two center mid with Pogba and Van de Beek sort of doing a piston center mid uh, tandem where one can go up, the other one covers, or vice versa. Not having one truly sitting behind, which unfortunately in that setup would be Paul Pogba. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can make it work, which I think they have the ability to because I think they can play off each other, that's a very dangerous center mid three. Um, you also have guys coming off the bench like, uh, Nemanja Matic, if you want to throw a defensive mid, but I think he's getting too old. I don't really, I don't really rate Matic anymore, um, as a starter, maybe off the bench. Um, you have Scott McTominay who they're still trying to figure out how to get in. You have Fred who you can throw in if you really have to, who I don't want you to, but you, if you really have to, um, and then Andreas Pereira, who I really like, um, I think he's going to be a key fourth midfielder for this team. Yeah. And then up front, you have the attacking three of Greenwood, Rashford, and Martial with Daniel James and Odin Igalo coming off the bench. I'm good. Happy with that. They're going to finish third to fifth. They will not compete for a champions, uh, champion spot this year, but they might compete for Champions League. Boom. Did I answer all the questions? It does, and I appreciate it. I know... Even last year, you were super high on Andreas Pereira. I personally think he's Bruno Fernandez, or like able to be a Bruno Fernandez. He's Bruno Fernandez light. Yes, and I think <laughs> I think if he can work and pair up with Bruno that way, this kid ceiling's high. Like he yeah. is fantastic, and and I know and I know why you're high on him. He is great. Um, do you think? I know I asked you so many questions already. I'm gonna pose another one. I know because they're your okay. favorite team. That offensive mixture do you think they need to go out and get a guy like Jaden Sancho is he worth being a player to add or do they go look for something cheaper like maybe let's say a Maxwell Cornet from Lyon what do you think they need to do to maybe bolster that offense because there's times where Daniel James wasn't great what do I think they need to do they need to start Mason Greenwood but if he's making mistakes then you pull him off and you throw that Daniel James out there and you Mm -hmm. have you have that backup Unless you're going to go get someone who is better than Daniel James, like off the bat, mm-hmm. or has the ability to be better than Daniel James, I don't know if it makes sense to go after an attacking player. Like, I would be more looking for a center back to solidify that center back core that I said has injury problems, and they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that the attacking three are already good enough, unless you're adding an elite player. Like yeah. there was talk of Bale, like I would have accepted Bale, right? Because Bale has the ability to be like a true game breaker. Yes. Same with Sancho. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it makes sense unless you're getting that kind of quality player to yeah. break up the attacking three that's already there. Yeah. No, that makes a total amount of sense. I think what you have, what's working to uh, Solskjaer's sort of system or approach, and I think. I think they'll be fine. I definitely think they'll be fine. Um, for a team that may not be fine, let's talk about them. Let's flip-flop here. Um, West Brom, one of the three newly promoted teams. They're... What's their outlook, Nick? 
it's 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 very easy to say their outlook. Um, don't expect much from West Brom. They'll probably be near the bottom all season long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that's let's, let's put it this way. They brought in Branislav Ivanovic. That's one of their big moves in their first season <laughs> back in the Premier League. Wasn't he big like ten years ago? He's thirty six, <laughs> man. I know. Like, listen, um, they have they mm-hmm. have some good pieces. I just don't see enough to be competing to stay out of that relegation battle. Mm-hmm. So that that's know. all I have to say about them. I know that's true. They're they're lacking some depth for sure to to stay alive. Um, let's talk about West, uh, not West Ham. Sorry, we already did that. Southampton, uh, a team. The other that, direction. The other direction, exactly. They rely on Danny Ings. Uh, this team has a good coach. Uh, they like to beat Manchester City year in, year out. Thank God. <laughs> uh, what do we think about the Saints? They're the Saints. There's really nothing special to see about the Saints. They're well coached, as you said. They're solid, albeit god-awful boring. <laughs> that's that's it. It's, like, it's the reality, yeah. It's, <laughs> that's all it is. They brought in a couple uh, attacking wingers in Josh Sims and Nathan Tella, who probably both aren't going to play. I mean, Kyle Walker-Peters is their biggest addition with uh, Jake Vokins on the left, who is a free transfer, by the way. I just don't see enough of them to compete, but they're going to frustrate teams. And they're going to be top half of the bottom half. Yep. I couldn't Somewhere have said it better. Eleventh to sixteenth range. I don't think I could have said it any better than that. Um, let's, well coached. Give them credit. Well, I will. They they are well coached. Now let's talk about a team that um, has a former coach. Uh, sorry, not former coach. Former player coaching them in Scott Parker. Fulham, a team that uh, was relegated last season, and now are back after a year in the championship they had to go through the playoff round to get where they are. are are they better do they have a better mindset do you think this year going into the epl season or are they just destined for a relegation battle honestly i'm not really sure what to make of this fulham squad like i know that they have uh mitrovic as a striker he's a good piece um they have a very good defensive mid in zambo angusa and they brought in Ariola from PSG, but like I just I don't think they'll be very good. Okay. And it's not it's not even a slight at Fulham. I just think that they're gonna be one of those teams over the next four, five, six years that will come up, drop down, come up, drop down, come mm-hmm. up, drop down. Like I just think they're stuck on that. They're too good for the championship, but they're just not good enough to stay in the EPL. So oh. I see them finishing probably in the relegation zone, probably like 17th at best, mm-hmm. 20th at worst. For sure. I mean, it's not hard to argue with a team that, like you said, is really good for the championship, but meh, for the EPL, I actually think the opposite. I think they're going to be fine this year. And the reason I think that is it comes down to team mindset. It's that ability to know that what we did uh, two years back didn't work. We're back better. We're back stronger. Mitrovic is there for another year. I think he'll figure out that the Premier League defenders a little bit more, the pace of the game. I think they'll be fine this year. I question going forward with her depth, but 
for the time being. I, they're they're not going to be in the relegation battle, but they're going to be just above it. See, my, my issue with that is that over half of their players were added after July 1st of 2019. That's also true. Yeah, you know, Over half of their players have never played EPL, or maybe have played, but haven't played with this Fulham squad. Not with Fulham squad, yeah. So. But if, if any indication is placed on the grind of the remaining games of last season, I think if they can grind games out, I don't know how much strength they'll have by the end of the season, I can see them finishing a little bit higher, but I also wouldn't be surprised if <laughs> at the end of this we say Fulham got relegated. All right, they got relegated. They'll be back, you know? <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. All right, so that is 17 teams, Nick. We have three more left. And the next oh, we're almost two, there. The next two are by far the cream of the crop. Okay, let's talk. Hey, United's next after them. <laughs> Says the fan. Um Last year's defending champions and the European champions from the year before, Liverpool. The Liverpudlians. Where is Liverpool going to end up this year? They are going to end up first or second. Like it, it's, <laughs> I really don't think there's any struggle who's going to finish first and second. It's going to be Liverpool and City, who mm-hmm. we haven't talked about yet. Um, what order they finish in? I'm not sure. If I had, if you, if you had to gun to my head right now. I'd probably say City finishes ahead of Liverpool, but they're so close. Like I think things could happen either way that push that tip the scales and sort of force one team to be um, ahead of the other at the end of the season. And that's what we saw last year. City had tons of injury issues, mm-hmm. and Liverpool played a, almost a perfect season up until the break. Right. Mm-hmm. That could easily go the other way, and Liverpool could have a ton of injury issues this year, and City could play an almost perfect season, and they'll they'll still finish one two. Yeah. I don't think it matters. No, no. Um, uh, I I personally wrote down Liverpool's biggest key player, or key person, or key thing is health. I definitely it, it they can like you said easily have a City moment where they'll lose nine games, but they're still better than everyone else, and they'll finish in the top two. But um, health is what they should get. And that's what they deserve. I mean, that's what you want from a team that's been grinding for the last two, three seasons under one of the best co- coaches right now in the world, in Jurgen Klopp. If you're yeah. Liverpool, who's your player that you're targeting? I know they're constantly linked with Thiago. Is he the right piece for them? I don't know if he's necessarily the right piece. Okay. Um, is Would he, like, be a good piece? Of course he would be a good piece. Like... It's Tiago. I think he'd be fine. Um, for 52 mil, am I sure that that's worth it? Maybe not. I don't think I don't rate Tiago as highly as a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my own personal thing. I, I just don't have him rated as high. Um, they've also been linked to Ryan Brewster from Sheffield to be another center forward. Um, they're linked to a lot of young guys, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Brewster's a Liverpool boy. Brewster's a Liverpool boy. Um, there's also rumors that Wijnaldum might end up at Barca, so that could be a loss for this Liverpool team, not a addition, which would suck for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, just go to the second Netherlands team. That's fine. Dutch yeah. point two point yeah. um, But like, if you're looking at the roster, they have good pieces to, as starters. They have good pieces as backups. They have some depth. 
Do they have the best depth in the league? Absolutely not. But they're going to be good enough to compete. And they won. I know they had a struggle against Leeds, but they're still a good team. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really see them having a problem this year finishing top two and mm-hmm. in a Champions League spot and going deep in the Champions League and going deep in the FA Cup and going deep in the Carabao Cup. Like, they, they, they could go deep in all of them and it wouldn't surprise me. If injuries hit... Yeah, obviously that's going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. And as you said, health is the biggest factor for them. Well, speaking of health, a team that wasn't healthy last year, they were without uh, Merrick Laporte for a long periods of time. They lost uh, Sergio Aguero up front and had to rely on Gabriel Jesus for a long time. Um, this team's also lost David Silva in this past offseason. I'm talking about the Citizens City. City, like you said already, they are probably a top one two team there what do you think of their acquisition of a guy like uh, nathan ake or uh, fabian torres there he totally threw me off there what run run that wabi one more again <laughs> oh i just said you know we, we talked about their injuries we talked about the health but i want to take a quick little peek at their their gains this this offseason with uh, nathan ake and uh, fabian torres yeah i think neither of them are going to play <laughs> uh, unless it's a Carabao Cup game or an early round FA Cup game. I, I, the team is too good. Like mm-hmm. Their starting 11 is too good for anyone to just step in unless they're world-class, and they didn't bring any world-class players in right to the start. So, yeah, as good as I think Ake and Torres could be, they're not going to play unless it's a secondary game. So if you're talking world-class player just walks into that starting lineup, who's that world-class player that they need? That they need? Nobody. Maybe Koulibaly. <laughs> yeah. Um, like a, a center back. Because right now they're obviously running. Like Emmerich Laporte is technically out, right? Like he 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 caught coronavirus. So yeah. he, he could be out. They're saying expected return September 21st. So for this weekend, do I think that's going to happen? No. <laughs> but it, it, even if he's out for two weeks, right? Like right now, that means John Stones is back there, who's a very good defender. Yes. And that means Nathan Ake will play. Mm-hmm. Like that—that's where Ake will become valuable. Is if one of the f- top three ends up getting hurt, they will have a backup. And the other one that's going to play is Nicholas Otamendi because he's consistent and they know what they get out of him. Mm-hmm. Whether that's the right thing to do, I don't believe, but that is no. what happened. I mean, at least he's a little bit faster than Fernandinho. So a team that needs a little that's bit more... to do. Oh, yeah. Um, if I'm, I'm faster than Fernandinho, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, if I'm Pep Guardiola um, and Cool Bali doesn't work out, there's a guy I've been looking at for the last couple of years and I think would be great. Uh, someone by the name of Matthias Ginter um, plays for Mucin Gladbach. Um, he's a big boy. He can move can move the ball um if you're looking for a cheaper option not necessarily someone who's going to walk into your starting lineup but eventually get there um and would be cheaper than cool Bali, i would consider that but i mean i'm not pep so he probably wouldn't even look at him but i'm gonna toss his name out there i think he's a good player yeah another guy that they're probably looking at is jose gomez or jimenez from atletico yeah um whether i believe that will result in anything i don't think so but it is what it is they'll be linked um, for a lot of players i think 
Well, because they're a good team, so a lot of players want to go play for them. It's just That's like true. Liverpool. It's just like Barca. It's just like Real. Everyone gets linked to these teams. United is always in there too. Everyone gets linked to these teams because they're good teams. Mm-hmm. I, it doesn't matter if you're linked to the team until you actually sign. That's also my biggest pet peeve, by the way, yeah. on social media and media in general is when people say, oh, a deal's done, and it's not. Just wait for the deal to be done. Like I don't yeah, wait for the official I don't announcement. hear 18 different stories of, oh, he signed. <laughs> oh, wait, no, he didn't. No, he signed. Oh, wait, no, he didn't. I want to know, like, what is the point of saying it? I really don't get it. Anyways, sorry. This is uh, no, and that's fine. And I think that comes back to the messy story where he was linked and linked and linked, but not actually signed. But let's talk about a team and our final team that usually doesn't have players linked with them. But you know, by the way, I'm, before you start, hold on. Yes, yes. Messi would be a, considered a player who is world class who steps into your roster. If you asked who is world class who would step into the roster, it would be Messi. Well, I mean, there's no doubt. I think he's one of the greatest of all time. He's up there. <laughs> you um, asked. I did, and and I appreciate the answer. Now, I guess to a team that doesn't get players uh, that link up to them as much, uh, a team that has should. Players, they should, but um, they have a player who, who scores about 30 of their goals every year. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about the Foxes in Leicester City with Jamie Vardy. They lose Ben Chilwell this year, but they pick up a good young um, signing in Castagna uh, from Atalanta, who were the surprise of last year, in my opinion. Um, this Brendan Rodgers team, what do we think of them? They're going to be good. They're yeah. going to be very good. Um, they they don't, like, jump off the page if you're just looking player for player, like a Liverpool or a City or a United. But they're a good team. Like... James Madison is an underratedly good attacking midfielder. And I say underrated because I don't even think how good people rate him is good enough to rate this kid. Like, he's good. And I got to stop saying kid. Oh, no, he's 23. I can say kid. He's younger than me. Um, <laughs> Yuri Tielemans, I also really like. I know he's had some problems in the EPL, but I think he's a, he's a good player. And if given enough opportunity, he could be he could become, like, I won't say an elite player, but a great player in the EPL. And then you have Ndidi, obviously, who's so good as a defensive mid. Not as good as Conte, the former Leicester City defensive mid, who apparently this is just a defensive mid factory at uh, (laughs) Leicester City. Don't know how that happened. Um, They also have a young kid in, or I guess he's not young, but uh, Mendy, M. Paul's Mendy. He's a a good uh, defensive mid as well. And then at the back, I mean... Their center backs are getting older, but they did a really smart thing in bringing in Johnny Evans to solidify that last season. This season, he has another year under his belt with them. They're going to be very, very strong at the back. Um, I mean, obviously losing Ben Chilwell sucks. Mm-hmm. But Castagne is going to be okay. is a good addition, as you mentioned. Um, and I think he can play both sides, right and left. So and- that'll be a, that'll be a bonus. All right, he plays both left and right midfield and right back. I'm sure he could play left back too if they need him to yeah. um, in the place of Chilwell. My concern then becomes the attack and... Uh, Vardy, what else? You, know, you got like, Vardy. Who's going to um, score for you? Damari Gray has the potential to be very, very good. Um, and Nacho, he, he had the ceiling. He was supposed to be good. Then. And Nacho, yeah, he could be good. Perez also could be... Uh, good, but like I'm looking on transfer market, which is 
very good site, by the way, if you need any information about any soccer team anywhere in the world. They somehow have Perez as a higher market value than Vardy. Age? 33 to 27, though. Yeah. It's not like he's 23. (laughs) Anyways, um, (laughs) Vardy is, like, an elite goal scorer. Mm -hmm. Imagine putting him on one of, like, Liverpool or City. Like, this guy's elite. Boy. He's a big Aguero. That's how I see him. Like, he can score from anywhere, but he gets a lot of goal poacher goals. Like, Mm -hmm. he's in the right spot at the right time. Yeah. And and don't really see anyone else in that attack that sort of has that mold. As I said, the only one that really, really scares me or could potentially scare me would be Damari Gray. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't get involved in the middle as much as he needs to because he just gets isolated on on the wing. That's more of a system thing, and they'll have to work on that this year. But I still think this is a third to fifth place team. All right, Nick. Well, that's all 20 teams. Attaboy. We did it. Is that it already? Yeah, that was good. We covered it over two episodes, and I'm glad that we we got to do this. I know we're a little late because the league started last week, but truly appreciate having you here. Um, Now that we've gone through all our 20 teams, I'm interested to see who you think will be the coach of the year who gets fired first, our top four relegation battle, and of course our champions. Therefore, I want to introduce our listeners to a new segment I like to call Extra Time. Nick, who's the coach of the year, in your opinion? I went back and forth on this a few times. Mm -hmm. Um, And it pains me to say this. I think Lampard will end up being the coach of the year if, and this is a huge, huge if, Mm -hmm. If he can figure out how to play all four of the new signings up front. Well, all three of the new signings plus Pulisic up front. If he can figure out a system that works for all four and everyone's happy, and you throw Mason Mountain there too, you could call it a front five. If he can figure that out, he deserves to win coach of the year. Yeah. If he can't, Klopp probably wins again. Mm-hmm. No, I had the same mindset when I was thinking about my coach of the year. I, I thought, you know, who last year stepped into a role that wasn't probably the best situation, but made it a pretty good situation, and that was Lampard. I would say that if he can continue last year's trend with the new guys, like you said, easily coach of the year for me. Another shout is Mikel Arteta in Arsenal. I think he's done a great job since taking over last season. They won uh, the FA, right? Yep. Um, and... I think he's done a really good job. Do I think it's enough to outseed Lampard if Lampard can figure out that front five? Absolutely not. But I think he should be in the conversation if he can continue the success Arsenal had last year. Agreed. Now, you know, we've talked about the coach of the year. Let's talk about the coach that gets fired first. Um, I have David Moyes written down because I just don't think he's the right manager for that West Ham club. Uh, I know I said it before. They need a turnover. They need some sort of change or some sort of new identity um if they continue to struggle i think he goes first um do you agree or disagree with that or do you have a completely different coach in mind i have a completely different coach in mind. i agree with what you're saying though um i just i struggle with a promoted side um trying to i guess west brom's not promoted what am i saying no i said west ham west ham yeah um (laughs) i don't know i just I don't see David Moyes being the first to go just because the guy that I have being first to go is just like asking to be kicked out. <laughs> yep. 
like he does at every club that he coaches and will continue to do at every club that he coaches. It's Jose Mourinho. That guy just cannot stick with a club for more than three years. And he hasn't even been there for three years, but he's already doing stuff to get kicked out. And if Tottenham struggles in the first six to seven matches of this season, and I'm talking like lose four sort of thing, Mm-hmm. Mourinho will not only be kicked out of Tottenham, he will be driven to the airport by the uh, by Harry Kane, probably put on a plane and told never to come back, even if they don't have a coach in place. That's what I see happening. He is doing that much to piss off the Tottenham fans and the players and the and the rest of the coaching staff and the management and the club. You can't do that and keep your job. No, I but Grant, I agree on that one as well. I, I don't think he's the right hire for a team that's offensively talented, and now he's just made him a boring team. So They're not even a boring team. They're a bad team nah. under Mourinho. They're not good under Mourinho, and they lost defense, and they're just, just not good. Like no. Okay, so we know that Nick doesn't think Spurs is a top-fourth team. Neither do God, I. But no. That... <laughs> I don't even know if they're a Europe european level team at this point all right so who's your top four then my friend well you already know my top two from this i already said liverpool and chelsea um or sorry city not chelsea yeah yeah but you can toss um, in there. i think city is if again if i had to pick right now and i'm going off of assuming everyone's healthy and everyone plays the full season blah, 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 blah. city probably wins the title with liverpool right behind um three and four I have like four or five teams that could finish anywhere between three and six. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to give it to Chelsea at three. And I'm actually going to give United four. Okay. With a very big shout to Leicester sitting at five. Nice. I know you asked me for top four, but I'm going to give Leicester the shout because I That's think fine. if either Chelsea or United decide to slip up and not play up to their potential, Leicester is in. Um, but I think Chelsea finishes ahead of United, as painful as that is to say. That means all three of my rival teams are ahead of me. I don't like it. Yeah, um, I completely agree with your champions. I think City wins. I thought I thought last year was an odd anomaly with them losing nine games. I don't think they lose nine this year. I think it's maybe three to four max. Um, I actually have Chelsea finishing above Liverpool this no. year. Sorry, try again. And. Hey, you know what? We're going to look back at this, and you're probably going to be right, but that's okay. I, for some reason, really like what Chelsea have done. Um, I hate to say it, but if they can get these new buys working together, this is a very, very good team. Liverpool, for me, the reason I'm saying third, and I'm going to hate myself for saying this, but it's because the way they ended last year and sort of like fell out of the, the Champions League, and I know they were burnt out and, you know, all that stuff, they need a little bit something else they need a little bit more creativity that that final pass can't come out from you know jordan henderson as good as hendo is um i think they need one more little piece and then i i for sure will switch them over but for me they're third and i also hate that i'm going to say this but arsenal's one fourth and you're gonna and i you can harp on me as much as you want but i i for some reason, have this odd gut feeling and this weird belief that Mikel Arteta has this team figured out. And I they're agree gonna, with that. Don't yeah, worry. And, and I think they're going to go fourth. And my shout-out for fifth is United. But again, that that fourth spot for me is a toss-up between United and Arsenal. It can go either way there. But my top three, uh, Chelsea, uh, sorry, City, Chelsea, Liverpool. 
Yeah, I had I had Arsenal as six. So like you're not it's not a far shake for me to say that they could be top four. Mm-hmm. I just I just need it to show a little bit more offensive other than Obama Yang, right? Like until for I sure. see that, yeah, I can't put them ahead of Leicester, United, or Chelsea. That's fair. That's fair. And I think if Lacazette can find his feet, hey, then they'll have two players that can score. But yeah. again, that's a huge maybe. Well, Nick, that ends our extra time segment. We've said who our champion, we think the champions are our top four, the first to get fired, and the the coach of the year. I'm gonna quickly throw you a quick little bouncer there. Uh, Uh-oh. Player, player of the year. Oh, player of the year. Yeah. Um. That's fine. You can think about. De Bruyne. It. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I want to say Aguero because I prefer Aguero as a player, but De Bruyne is just disgustingly good at distribution and playing his position that it's hard to argue. If they're going to win, it's going to be a lot because of him. Um, I'll answer it as well. I'll pick someone different just so we're not agreeing on everything. Oh, did I pick your guy? No, no, no. I was flip-flopping between these two, so it's fine. I think Christian Pulisic is a huge contender for PFA. Um, It's a stretch. Again, all my choices are stretches, and I like being the one to make them um if he's healthy and if he scores and it works i can totally see this guy being the yeah. best player i can see it but i mean just i just worry that he doesn't have enough experience to do it for a full season i know he has the ability to do it i just don't know mm-hmm. if he has the experience to hold it over for a full season fair all right well that ends the our extra time segment let's quickly move on to our off the bench segment it was introduced last episode and it's to continue with the five substitution role uh rule sorry we have five ish storylines for you and the first storyline is leads mark their return with a 4-3 loss to liverpool a mistake by new player rodrigo gave mo salah his hat trick of the night and capped off a win for the reds yep and bringing it back over to the canadian side since you know we are based here um Christine Sinclair is actually human, ladies and gentlemen. I know we see her as a superhero over here in Canada, but she had a absolute whiff in practice. Thankfully, she, you know, made it look superhuman because then she did a somersault out of it. That was perfect. The, gift, the somersault, 10 out of 10, but <laughs> the actual whiff on the kick is not not good. Uh, continue our trend with uh, North American players leaving off to Europe. U.S. women's national star Alex Morgan signs with Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, and another one of those top players moving over from the NWSL to the European leagues. It's a concern for me, and I know it's going to be talked about at some point, but that is yeah, a huge it will concern. Be a concern. But it also could mean that the WNSL is improving and they're expanding, and maybe there's no room for these star players here in North America. That would make zero sense. But I don't know. I'm just trying to trying to rationalize why all these great players are heading up to Europe, and I think it could be that there's no cap in Europe. Um, that's where... that's probably that's probably the case, and I think that's that's a big concern. Um, switching back to Canada because we're just going to keep flipping North America here. Uh, the CPL is going to have its final coming up, and it will be the Champions Forge up against HFX Wanderers FC in the final. Even though HFX lost 5-0 in their last game of Group 2, they were already through to the final, so they didn't have to worry. Winner will play the winner of the MLS round-robin Canadian teams, which currently 
is TFC, but Montreal could poach them a spot if they beat Vancouver by more than two goals, I believe. Mm-hmm. Maybe three. Sure. Um, when did you mention the final was for our viewers there? The final for the Canadian Premier League is Saturday, September 19th. It will be going off at 2 o'clock from PEI, 2 o'clock Eastern time, I should say, um, from the beautiful Prince Edward Island Island Games. All right. So over the weekend, PSG's Neymar accused Marseille's Alvaro Gonzalo of race, Gonzalez, sorry, of racism. We're still waiting for more word regarding the outcome of an investigation by the governing body of professional football of France. We here at Touchline Thoughts will fill you in once there's concrete information. The game ended 1-0 to Marseille with five total send-offs, three for PSG and two for Marseille. Something to definitely keep an eye on. Yeah, including Neymar, who was sent off uh, during this dispute. Um, There's some talk about what was actually said um, Mm -hmm. and possibly being a heat-of-the-moment misunderstood word. Mm -hmm. Um, But the French... Professional Footballers Association of France today, September 16th, said that they were doing an investigation. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Sweet. All right. Well, that ends the segment and that also ends today's second episode of Touchline Thoughts. Thank you, Nick, for joining us. Truly appreciate it. Like I've said, I'll show you are awesome, my man. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and give us a like or leave a rating. You can also follow us on Twitter at TouchlineTH. You can follow me, Irfan, at IrfanManji. You can follow Nick at Nick McVicker. And don't forget to follow our network at Garage Door Sport or check out our website, GarageDoorSports.com. Also, I want to give a huge shout out to to my boys here, uh, Nick and Ryan, that run 20 Minutes on Ice, which you can follow them on Twitter at 20 Minutes on Ice. They are a part of the GDS network, and they do a hell of a job covering the world of hockey. Thank you for listening all, and see you next time. Cheers.